Well, this is Studio B Live, and I'm your host, David Burns, at Long Lane Honeybee Farms. And it's good to be with you today, and I hope you have had a good day. And uh, it's been a long time since we had our last podcast, and Sherry, I was trying to think up a lot of excuses we could give as to why we haven't had many podcasts, and uh, there's no really good reason. We've just been busy. Busy. This is a brand new year. This is a new podcast of the first of the year, so here we go. Yeah, you know, but we do have a lot of excuses. We we actually uh, built several new rooms, a paint room and a new build room, and remodeling the bathroom, one of our bathrooms. So we've we've really, in addition to everything that we do, we've had little household projects. Everybody has had every flu there was known to man. Mm-hmm. We've had to cycle through all that winter stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just holidays, been hectic. Holidays, holidays, yeah. birthdays. I had another birthday. Yeah, you did. Happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. January the 3rd for you. That's right. And, and that's, that's Carl Miller's birthday, too. Oh. He's one of our... He's one of our customers. Well, how did you know his birthday? He, <laughs> no, I think we said it last year, and I think he either oh, yeah. emailed or called or something and said, oh. happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. Well, mine, of course, is coming up. In fact, it's a week from today, January the 20th. You knew that. You, you've already been counting down the days to your birthday. Oh, yeah, seven days. Why? That's a special event. I'll turn 50 years old. Oh, no. Over the hill. 50. The big 5-0. He actually got a letter from AARP today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what those initials mean. I'm trying to hope. Uh, hopefully, it's something nice, you know. <laughs> yeah. Association for the Advancement of Retired People. I don't know if that's what it is. But, but you're nowhere near ready to retire, I'm I afraid. I thought it was Association for the Respected People or something. <laughs> retired. Retired. People. Retired. Retired, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we'll be, that, that'll be many, many years yet to come. It will be. Oh, boy. No, when you turn 50, you're not over the hill. I look at it this way. You climb up the hill. 50 is at the top. Oh, you're at the top huh. of your heel. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> I can see behind me what what I went through to get here, and I can see down the other side. <laughs> you can see what yet to come. Everybody else, I well, I, I won't say that, but it seems like when you get over fifty, then you kind of go from. Oh, I don't know. I just a lot of people spend time going back and forth to the doctors and funerals with other people they used to know. It's terrible when you get old, isn't it? You know, I don't think you look any older. <laughs> but I guess I've seen you every day of your life, so I don't know. We were, we were talking about going to our, our class reunions the other day because this is my, this year is, 2010 is my 30th class reunion. And yours was last year, your 30th class reunion, and you said something about, well, you're afraid to go because... When you got there, everybody else would look so old compared to you. <laughs> you know how you're the only one? You always think of oh, yourself yeah. as, you know, eternally 25 or 26, and then you see somebody else your same age, and you're like, oh, do I look that old? <laughs> <laughs> Sherry and I went back. You know, we live pretty close to the uh, to Paris, Illinois, which is where Sherry's from, and I went to high school, grade school and high school there, and we went back. We go back there a lot. Her parents live there, but we decided to go over one night and stop off at Joe's Pizza over there, and we're eating in this pizza place, you know, and, oh, you kind of look around, and I said, <laughs> I said, look, Sherry, see that guy over there? Because there was a bunch of people sitting at a table, and there was this guy sitting there. I said, I bet you I went to school with him. 
And Sherry said, <laughs> she said, no, David, you would have went to school with his dad. Who's sending our, the old man with the gray hair and the beard and the, and the little bifocals. That would be somebody your age. And it was like, what? I was kind of associating myself with the 30-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but, but our daughter this year is going to be 20, let's see. Our oldest daughter. You mean yeah, Kirk, Jennifer? Oldest, yeah. Yeah, but she's at 28, and she'll, she'll or will be, she turn 28? She'll be 29. Yeah. See, we've been married 30 years, so that makes her 29. She'll be uh-huh. 29 this year, so we're not, we can't be, you know, we're the we're the parents of that 30-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah, and we're also the parents of a 2-year-old. <laughs> Oh, that's right. So, so that that, make, that keeps us young. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you can't you can't say you're old if you have a two year old running around the house, which, <laughs> which I guess is why he, why we have why he's running around the house so we we can stay young. Yeah, uh, somebody did. Uh, well, I was talking to somebody on the phone and they didn't realize that Christian was our our son. They thought he was our grandson, but we do have grandchildren older than Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have five <laughs> five granddaughters that are older than our son. You know, we're going to be like Abraham in the Bible. That what did she have a? She had uh, uh, her son when she was eighty something or ninety years well, old. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people she was the only one, only person in history who ever paid her maternity bill with her Social Security check. Yeah, <laughs> with her Medicare. I don't know if they have pregnancy benefits on Medicare or not. But you'll have to get that AARP out and see if they have. (laughs) Yeah. Do you cover maternity leave or anything? Oh, boy. Oh. Well, and another thing, it has been unbearably cold. And we're from Uh, Illinois. We're used to it. But it has just been awful. No, it's even bad for Illinoisans. We didn't get above freezing for like a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Well, yeah, everything's frozen outside, but the chickens are okay. I mm-hmm. don't know if the bees have fared as well. It's been hard on the bees when it gets that cold. But uh, whew, I went out and looked at them yesterday and today, and I was pleased with uh, you know some of the ones that are doing really well. I thought for sure that the cold snap that long would just knock them off, you know. Bees can withstand cold. But it's being like zero degrees and a high of five degrees for like two consecutive weeks where they have to stay in a tight cluster. And they can withstand that as long as there's food nearby. But I'm I'm afraid that they could eat themselves out of the food and it's too cold to move around, you know. So, But, you know, I went out there today and did some looking into the candy board. Um, I did, I've been experimenting with candy boards, you know. Oh, Sherry, I believe candy boards are the answer. I mean, maybe it's too early to tell, but it just makes sense. Um, when I, when I, on this one particular hive in the back that was short on supplies, uh, honey and pollen, I put this candy board in, and I put some pollen patties in the candy board, too. You saw how I did that? Well, you embedded them into yeah. the candy before it got hard. Yeah. So it was like a one-piece mm-hmm. candy slash pollen board. Yeah, and boy, at 24 hours later, I walked out there and opened it up to see how they were doing. And I've got I've got pictures on my recent lesson that went out today. And oh, they love it. You know what I also saw? Somehow, the the older bees are going up there and they're breaking off little crumbs 
and dropping it down onto the cluster. Really? And the little and the little bees down below were picking those little really? pe- little tiny little pieces. You can see it in the picture okay, too. And uh, they were like, you know, hey, here's another little piece. Drop it on down. Wow. <laughs> so it's going to be. I really think that's the answer. Now, here, here's what I've been thinking about. I need to say this carefully because you don't want to make claims. I don't want to sound like uh, who are those people in the Western days that made up all this fake medicine and try to sell it to... Yeah, what they call them, snake oil yeah. salesmen or whatever. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't want to sound like that. But but here's what I think is, if you have a beehive that does not have a threatening level of nosema, because that will kill a hive in the in the winter, and they don't have a threatening level of, um, uh, of uh, tracheal mites, because that will kill them in the winter, and of course, a high level of mites will kill them. But if you if you if you have just a regular healthy hive, but maybe it's they're short on supplies, or you're in a place where it's a real long winter, I think candy boards are the answer. And especially if you include pollen. You know, one of my test hives, Sherry, that should have died a long time ago. It's like one of these leftover mating nukes that didn't really have. You know, our mating nukes really never have because we cycle in and out these. Um, Queens, they don't have uh, much resources built up for winter. They're not very big. They're little nukes and all. But, you know, sometimes they we've had some that got big, and one of them that kind of got big, uh, I just let it go and see what it would do. But I threw pollen patties on it, uh, two, two large pollen patties. And when I went back, you know, they've been living on nothing but these pollen patties all through the coldest of winter. They've been just devouring those pollen patties. And I really think... Nutrition is the answer. So the combination of a pollen patty uh, with these candy boards, I think, would really get a healthy hive through the winter. Which is what? Protein and carbohydrates. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And that's all the beads anyway, you know. Now, we would not recommend using uh, corn syrup, would we? No. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? uh, I never can pronounce that word. uh, uh, high fructose. Yeah, corn high fructose syrup. corn syrup. Yeah, there's an article in the. Um, oh gosh, I don't know if it's this it was Mer- month yeah, it was or American last Bee month. In the, yeah, American Bee Journal. And they talked a lot about how, you know, the high fructose corn syrup can be made out of those GMOs, and so if you're and GMO stands for um, genetically modified organism. I think so. Is yeah. that what it is? And um, <coughs> how that can be, you know, feeding that to bees. It's it's not good for for people, but feeding that for, for bees would be um, also the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, so no, we do not recommend corn syrup at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's kind of what we've been up to lately, and a whole bunch more. We did have a good Christmas, though, and boy, it was fun having cr- Christmas with Christian, <laughs> a little two-year-old. He had a blast. He loved it, you know, and I guess Christmas really is about kids, and that when they're little, you see the... Just how much joy and fun they have. He had a little stock, stocking that was packed full of goodies. and He loved to open his little presents up. Yeah. And even days later, he would kind of look at the tree and say, Presents? <laughs> you know, more presents? <laughs> so he had a blast. So that was good. <laughs> All right, Sherry. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the emails that we've been getting in. And hopefully we can answer some of the questions, huh? That people uh, write in and ask. Because in answering these questions, I think other people will get some good information, too. 
My wife and I bought a hundred-plus-year-old farmhouse in May of 2006. The man that lived here had bought the place in 1961, and there was a hive of honeybees in the wall of an outbuilding that he said had been there for 15 years. He robbed them once and put a piece of plywood over the hole in the wall on the inside. At first, we were the typical non-bee folks. Oh, no, we have to get rid of them. But we left them alone, and I became intrigued by them. I watched them almost any time I went outside. I went to see how the bees were doing. I saw how how they were in the winter. And then there were hardly any of them around at the hole, at the rafter beam sticking out onto the roof, and how they became busy when it got warmer and not so busy when it was winter. I would stand right underneath the hole watching, and only once, uh, and only once, one tried to dive at me. And uh, he goes on to say, about two, year, two years ago, we had a very hot summer, one August morning. It was 90 before noon, and I noticed bees flying around more than usual. I went to town and came back, and there were bees flying everywhere. What did that sound like? Swarm! Yeah, push the swarm alert button, huh? We had to close the back porch to keep them out. I got on the internet, did some searching, and from what I could gather, they got too hot. Hmm. There were little brown specks all over our truck and car, which the internet said they would make themselves throw up if they got too hot in order to cool down. Then we saw them in a... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Sounds like bee poop to me. Yeah. Then we saw them in a ball on a high up branch in a huge oak tree, which that confirms they swarmed. Swarm. Yeah. And they sat up there a few days and then they were gone. The scouts obviously, you know, found a place to take to. So I kind of hated to see them leave as we had gotten so used to them being there. I'll, I'll stop right there because I, I wanted to address that issue of bees getting hot and flying outside the hive and throwing up in order to cool down. I, You know, I hate to make fun of this because it may be true. <laughs> it could be true, but wow. But I, I have never seen yeah. bees throw up, but who knows? I have never, I've never heard that before. No, and I then I, I, I thought, either, I, I was trying to figure out biologically how throwing up <laughs> can cool you, you cool down. down. I don't know. And then I thought this way. Okay. I mean, I guess runners do that. Runners, I guess, they get so hot and they end up throwing up. Yeah, maybe that's true. But but think of it this way, though. Okay. Um, you know, the bee, he said there's brown spots everywhere. Well, we know what that is. It's yeah, bee poop. It is. I, I don't know if bees threw up if it would be brown. They only eat nectar. I mean, you know, they only eat the, hmm. the pollen type like we talked about. And I don't know how it would be brown. Hmm. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna at the risk of being wrong I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh at that one and say I've never heard that it can't well, be true. Well, even if it were true, it just sounds funny. Yeah. They think about little bees <laughs> flying around and throwing up because they're hot. It just sounds funny. Mm. Yeah, I wonder where he, I'd like to see the where he found that on the internet. Okay, we're gonna we're all getting too hot. <laughs> you know, one third of you need to go out and throw up. <laughs> uh, Oh, I just can't be right, can it? Oh my, yeah. And we don't. <laughs> we don't have that here, though. We get hot, and you don't see bees out. 
David, stop. Uh, terrible, isn't stop. it? Stop. It probably is true. <laughs> it probably is. We need an endemologist to tell us that. That's right. We're just too dumb to know it's true. <laughs> I've done a lot of studies. I've never heard that, <laughs> ever. All right, go on. Well, you know, the only thing bees can do as far as regurgitating is that they do regurgitate from their honey stomach, the honey, the nectar, I should say, the nectar they gather, they go back to the hive, and that's how that's how they transport it. Mm. But there again, the nectar would be clear, not brown. Mm. Hmm. Had to be bee poop. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, we need to get off that subject, yeah. don't we? Um. So, anyway, he was he, he asked some questions here. Uh, the one thing that I worry about having bees here, we have ants bad. Those little black what? ant ants, yeah, ants. <coughs> like ants and uncles. <laughs> you, did you say something else? Ants, something else. He, I said we have ants bad. Oh, bad. Oh okay. yeah, <laughs> I said he always said ants and bad I, or something. I, we need to see if the AARP will pay for hearing aids. <laughs> for you or me? Me. <laughs> <laughs> is, do you have to, is that 50 years old when you joined? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need to up that. <laughs> Come on. Only because you're 50 now. Do I get... When uh, you're 65, you'll say to yourself, well, yeah, yeah 50 year olds ought to join. So I can get a free parking space or something? <laughs> I mean, Where would you get a free parking space at? The, the handicapped ones at the front. No! Why would you get a free handicap parking space? Because you remember the ARP. Because I can't walk that far. Why am I getting anything if I'm all right? What's ARP no, going to give me? You get discounts on stuff. Like what? Uh, you know, planes and car rentals and why is that? type of insurance. Huh. You know. That's well, weird. Well, you pay a, you pay a, a, oh, a fee. Yeah. yeah, a dues every year, and that helps to, I thought it was to something get you that... some reduced rates because of your age. Because I'm on a fixed income. Well, yeah, but I don't know any 50-year-olds that are. Yeah, maybe it's, I don't know either. Anyway. All right. (laughs) (coughs) Those little black ones, the ants that, they come out of the woods and streams. (laughs) I have to put out bait and stuff all summer to keep them away from the house. I had to put some baits and seven dust around the bottom of the old building because they were trailing up the side of the building toward the hive. It almost sounded like carpenter ants, those black ones. Remember that one house we lived in that had those terrible? Oof. Also, if I got a hive, would they try to go in the old hive by chance? I never took the comb out because it was huge and full of ants and bugs at the time. Hmm. Yeah. So. Anything sticky and gooey, they're gonna, you're going to get bugs. I don't. Yeah, he wants to know if, if he gets, will the bees go into a hive like that? Oh. I wouldn't. <laughs> if it's yucky, oh, they might go in there and clean it up. Yeah, they might. But about the ants, you know, we had a lot of questions about ants, what to do about ants. And oh, ants. I tell people the same thing. you got to build a moat mm-hmm. and, you know, build a little stand with feet on it, four feet, and then put each of those feet of your beehive stand in some kind of a can and fill that can with water or vegetable oil or something. Hmm. You know, I guess you could use motor oil, but it just doesn't sound real sanitary. Hmm. But when it rains, the vegetable oil kind of thins out. You might have to change that out. Hmm. So ants are a problem, but 
I thought it was a great email to read about the throwing up and all. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I'll tell you that. Yeah. There's Christian. Maybe the maybe the maybe the maybe the uh, the bees just had the stomach flu. <laughs> I don't know. So that's a little Christian in the background there. All right, let's see if we get another email here, Sherry. Oh, Martha's in. Um, oh, she's in New Mexico. I remember talking to her last year. What is? Oh, really? Well, does she have a question? Uh, you know, I don't think I printed off her original question. Let me look. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's the original question. Uh, Sorry to bother you, but I lost my second hive just this week. Being new at beekeeping, I have tried to read text on beekeeping, took a class, pursued the Internet, spoken to local beekeepers, and at last contacted you about specific questions. I lost the first hive this summer when I improperly queened the bee package to begin with. Let's see, when I oh when I improperly queened the bee package to begin with. Then the other hive in close proximity assaulted the struggling hive when I finally requeened. It also got foul brood. The second hive was slow to pull comb and in the fall the last flowering plants started to fade first of October. I was concerned about food supplies so I purchased propolis patties. I think she means pollen patties. Fed the wintergreen oil sugar for mites. I asked a local beekeeper about insulating the hive, and he said not necessary, but I think they started, I think they starved to death. Slow loss of bees and cold down to zero degrees. So do I clean out the hive of bees and order two new packages of bees and queens? This time putting the hive with no drawn comb, not next to the other hive? Thanks. Hmm. Well. Well. <laughs> You know, I certainly I, I I did write her back and I say I said I was curious about the assumption of brood disease. You know, it seems like that's impossible. I wouldn't say impossible, but it's not very likely that on a first year package. Uh, typically, we think of like American fowl brood as something that's on older comb, but I you know you can get it. I mean, it's contagious, but you know I don't worry about American fowl brood if my comb. It's not more than three years old if you change your comb out. Yeah, well, you don't know what those things are either unless you actually know what you're looking for and do some tests. And yeah, that's true. You know, if you need to send some into a, you know, a lab and get checked, don't <coughs> don't assume anything. Mm-hmm. You know, because we had we had a friend not too long ago that was really 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 afraid that he had foul brood or something like that, and so you rushed over there and you did a little test, and he just he was just looking at the. Bee bread. Bee bread. Yeah. You know. And, and mm-hmm. Oh, and then we had the other couple that came over one time, and they were really concerned about, they actually brought us a frame, and they were really concerned about what they were looking at. And you yeah. looked at it underneath a microscope, and it was just crystallized honey right. in it. So a lot of times, you know, especially brand new beekeepers will look at that stuff and immediately go, oh, that must be blah, 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 it must be blah, blah, blah. And really, it's not, it's not that simple to to decide what you have just by looking at something, especially when you're a brand new beekeeper. But you know, sometimes things just die. <laughs> well, and you know, and I want to tell people, you know, you read about American fowl brood, and you think, oh, you know, like here in Illinois, if you get fowl brood, you got to burn, got to burn everything. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, it's like you get on the scare. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Fowl brood would be awful. Do I have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? It's so uncommon. 
I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah, it's out there, but, uh, you know, it's, I wouldn't worry, I wouldn't ever worry about foul brood. I've had, the, all the times I've had, all the years I've had bees, I've never had American foul brood. Hmm. And I've bought old people's hives and old people's equipment and old comb, the black new comb, stuff, new stuff. nukes from all over the world. And I've never <laughs> had foul brood. So don't worry about, don't, you know, stop worrying. Don't worry about foul brood. If, it's, if you get it, then take the, you know, necessary steps to get rid of it. <clears throat> but it's, it, you know, it's not, don't worry about it. Um, don't jump to conclusions. Um, but um, I guess the, uh, to answer her question, you know, <coughs> she's wondering if she can reuse the equipment. Um, and I, I think I would, if, unless I had a confirmed case of American Foul Brood. I'd always reuse my equipment. She said that she had ordered new foundation, it looks like. So if there's... If there's ever anything to worry about, it would be the foundation. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if she needed to have done that, but she said she did. So if there's anything to be concerned about, it would be the foundation. So, you know, and and some of this stuff, she she mentioned that she had had a beekeeper come over or talk to a beekeeper. and, And we really do encourage people to get mentors in your area because, you know, email us if you want to, but sometimes we just not able to answer questions without actually looking in there and seeing what's going on and you really do need to find a mentor in your area and I know some people don't have them don't know anybody in the area and so um, and so we're the best that you have but (laughs) without actually being there it's kind of hard to answer well I told her well she 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 emailed me back when I explained to her what I thought about the foul brood and you know and she said well maybe it wasn't foul brood but she said there was no queen. Maybe the larva just died. There was a smell. Well, oh boy, you know there's a, oh, when, yeah. When, yeah. Smells when they die. It, it, yeah, when bees die, uh, it does smell, and and so they, you know, they could die and just rot inside there. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, and I want to answer her question about: Do you insulate your hives? No, we don't. Um, for two reasons. Number one. We don't really believe there's an advantage to it. And number two, we're too lazy to go out there and do that. <laughs> and we would like to, yeah, if we, if, but we just, it's just too many too hives. To I suppose if you just had one or two. But, you know, again, there was another article, I think, in American Bee Journal, that same one that talked about the corn syrup. And they talked about how, you know, old timers used to do that. Yeah. And they tried and tried and tried to figure different things out and got on the bandwagon to wrapping with this and that didn't work and somebody else came out with something else but it never they never could figure out yeah. how to get that to really work yeah. you know there's some people that don't have a lot of hives and, and they can go to extreme measures to keep them alive but you know and if you're that kind of person go for it but you know one of our best hives that are doing the best this summer is the one right up here by your garden and i was concerned about it and i know it had plenty of honey on board but it was about it was well over a foot off the ground uh, with a screen bottom board. They were stacked on these blocks or something. And I kept saying to myself, ooh, the wind could blow up through there and really kind of chill the brood, you know, but uh, or you know, the bees, but they're doing the best. Yeah. Way up in the air with this open screen bottom board, zero degree weather for weeks mm-hmm. at a time, and they're yeah. doing great. It faces... Well, I don't think it faces an empty field, but it's surrounded by an empty it field. Is. And it's it's, feet, it was actually feet it was actually placed there <coughs> by one of our children, and it was not a good. It, I didn't think it was a good place to put it to begin with. 
but it was at the edge of my garden and it was very very nice for my garden I mean they just lived on the green beans and the tomatoes all summer long we had cosmos out there they love the cosmos oh and green peppers I had green peppers coming out of my ears because of those beans. It was I unbelievable. Think. I've never seen so many green peppers on so, one plant. So they wow. had, they were, they were living high on the hog. Those bees were. Yeah, the cosmos. I want to get a whole bunch of those and put on these berms around the mm-hmm. nook area back there where you have the mating nooks. The the cosmos are just. You, well, how do you buy those? And it just seeds, little mm-hmm. seeds in a bag or something. Yeah. Mhm. Hmm. Where'd you get yours from? Yeah, I got them from Jung, J-U-N-G, the seed company. Uh, mm-hmm. Those Cosmos, the bees? No, no, I did not. Oh, maybe I did. I had a friend that gave me a bunch, too. I can't think now who it was. But I deal with Jung or Johnny Selected. They have the, they have really good seeds. Yeah. But, but that's, those are probably better ways to get flower seeds than you know, go into the hardware store well, that's put them out there for three years in a row. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What I liked about the Cosmos uh, flowers, they got about, what, five feet tall or six? Oh, no, honey. They're ways over my head. Oh, well, yeah. But <laughs> I'm six foot tall and you're five foot tall. But they were so tall and the bees were just all over them all summer mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. And they're not, how much does it cost to plant a whole bunch? Oh, no, yeah, like a dollar nineteen for, you know, a little package. Yeah, so them, we so. can make a, we're going to plant a lot of those this year. So, uh, nah, we don't insulate our hives, and I don't really see the benefit of it. It just makes more moisture uh, in the hive. So then you have to deal with the moisture by opening the top up, and by doing that, you kind of break the idea of the insulation helping to warm the hive. All right, uh... I thought that would be a nice one to read. Um, let's see. About wanting to know when the expected ship date for the package bees would be. Mm-hmm. And what I was wondering is how we will be notified. And then he said, P.S., how are Sherry's chickens doing in the cold snap? This must have been, um, I must have talked to Michael on the phone. Because I remember one day the phone was ringing and ringing and ringing. And I was running and I was running and I was running. And <laughs> so I want you all to remember that if you ever call and the phone just rings and rings and rings instead of thinking to yourself, oh, well, they're just ignoring the phone or, or something like that. And put, imagine in your mind Sherry's running. She's sprinting across the field trying to get to your phone call. So anyway, I was doing that and I was, you know, I was, you know, I, oh. Picked up the phone. And I was like, <laughs> "Hello," and, then, no, no, and, uh, and then um, I, I, I think I mentioned to him the fact that I was out there dealing with the chickens, and it was like zero. And I was, I was concerned about the chickens. Yeah. But, but anyway, to answer the first part of the question, expected ship dates for packaged bees are usually yeah, spring. spring. We we're we're shooting for the third. Third week in April. Sometimes it's the fourth week in April. But we don't have the exact date yet. And what we do is we, for everybody who has ordered bees, we send you out a letter giving the ship date. The the expected ship date. Remember, and I I think we've talked about this on quite a few shows before. We're trying to drill it in your head. Yeah, (laughs) drill it in your head. That is just a... 
uh, and it's not a guaranteed ship date because you it is a very dependent upon the weather when it comes to bees. You know, when you order chickens in the mail, David, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, they hatch the eggs out inside, and and they all, you know, they, they hatch on, you know, day 21, and they pick those babies up, and they stick them in a box and take them to the post office. Weather is of no concern for things like that, but when you're shipping bees, it's all done outdoors. It's very contingent upon the weather. You know, obviously yeah. you can't, you know, you can't package bees in a thunderstorm or when it's pouring down rain or there's high winds. And people don't always understand that. So even though we give a date, you know, say it's April the 25th, it may not be until the 26th or the 27th. But this yeah. year, but you'll get a letter with that on there. And then this year we're going we're gonna to keep everybody up to date as much as possible right on the website because I know it's hard to call in. You know, if 250 people are calling me saying, did they, they, did they ship out? Yeah. You know, I'm only going to be able to get to, you know, so many of those phone calls. So just check on the website, you know, yeah, if, if you want to yeah. know, and then it will tell you, you know, exactly, you know, what day they shipped out, <coughs> et cetera, so you can be anticipating. You know, them. Sherry, I, I told you uh, when I read this email that what we ought to do, like at Christmas time, they have this thing on the web. That's like, is it called NORAD? It follows Santa Claus <laughs> across the world and yeah. see where Santa Claus is now. This is Norbees. <laughs> yeah, we want to watch your bees flying across the <laughs> continental U.S. to your house. Yeah, because I don't know. You know, all we'd have to do is show a, these a truck going across some yeah. state or something, and people go, "Oh, there's my bees! Now they're in on they're in Ohio!" You know, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. Well, we should just for fun, huh? Yeah, just for fun. Cause we the bee, at least. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, we can we can show. Oh, the truck, and we show the truck on its side in Tennessee. It's going to be a delay now. The truck fell over. You know? <laughs> the truck, the truck is in the ditch. <laughs> yeah, right. It's got a oh, flat tire. Oh, a flat tire. Mm. You know, those things do happen, and people oh, don't. Know. People don't often understand that. Oh, we've had people Some? call us because they couldn't get their bees because. There was a catastrophe where, where they yeah, ordered them from. Oh, yeah. Last year we had the weirdest things that happened to yeah, bees, you know. Happen to us, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, we, we, we probably mentioned it before, but I remember one, <coughs> one person calling and saying that someone had had kicked a hole in the side of a package and the bees were loose in the post office. And, you know, you get this idea in your head of people screaming, running out of the post office. Ah, there's bees. There's yeah. Africanized bees in yeah. the post office. I know. And something about they threw, so they threw it out in the alley, and somebody somebody <laughs> drove by and stole it, and it's oh, a, no. I mean, it was bizarre. That things, was one of our packages, so. but it, that was that was only one of hundreds that we had incidents with. But oh you know, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we we send yeah. out four or five hundred of them, and you get three yeah. problems. Yeah, right. Ah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and, you know, and I we drove back four hundred and fifty out of Florida, you know. And it, I just want to say that that there is a risk involved in that, you know, because you're on, you're you're driving what oh, 24 yeah. hours in a box truck. I mean, if I mean, if even if you drive right, somebody could hit you, and oh, yeah. and, and and even if you, even if it's not seriously damaging wreck to the vehicle, if you're if you stop moving, the bees don't have long; they'll die. The mm-hmm. the truck is equipped with a specialized. Uh, air uh, device, a vent on the, a huge specially made vent on the front to force the driving air to go in over the bees. And if that, if that stops, the bees will perish quickly. So 
Ooh. It's risky, isn't it? All right. Yeah, but, you know, he, my chickens, to answer the rest of this email, my chickens, chickens do good during the cold. The chicken coop stays about, oh, it varies. I think it's gotten as low as 20 in there, but the chickens didn't seem, it didn't seem to bother the chickens one bit. So well, we pay $300 a month to heat it. Nah, we do not. <coughs> it's got a brooder light in there. Oh, other little heater Oh, well, yeah, but I keep that thing turned off. Well, they need heated. They're good. I like their eggs. Yeah, well, it's worth it if you're actually, you know, you're needing to eat them, so. Yeah. But, anyway, All right. that was nice. Hello, Christian. Okay, here's one. I recently, this is from Jacob. I wonder if this is like a father and a son or... I recently heard about a machine that warms vinegar and gently blows the acidic smell into the hives as a way to treat for mites. Have you heard of anything like this before? Well, I have just now. Well, I think I have because (laughs) I just read another email about bees throwing up. I think they throw up after you spray them with vinegar. (laughs) Yeah, that acidic smell makes them throw up. Oh, yeah. So what do you think about it? Well, that's an interesting question, but my, I've never heard. Have you heard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us about it. Well, it's a a process that really isn't uh, well tried, let's put it that way. Now, there is an individual, one single person who, uh, if he heard us kind of laughing about this, he'd probably call us up and tell us this is the best thing against mite control that there ever was. Well, sometimes people do come across some really seemingly bizarre things that do help their beehives yeah. in their yard. That's and there's like no scientific, there isn't any explanation, there's no studies done on it. It sounds silly to the rest of us, but sometimes they yep, do hit yep. on something and you think, I have no idea why that works, but it does. Yeah, like um, like 200 years ago, this depressed pastor came up with the idea of bee space and made the Langstroth hive. That's this. That's keeping, the, keeping bees in a box in your yeah, yard. That sounds yeah. weird. 200 it? years ago this year. All right. And, uh, yeah, um, but now I have con- some concerns about this vinegar uh, this acidic smell, um, because yeah, it it can uh, have an effect on the mites, but I think it can have an effect on the bees too. Well, what about the honey though? I wonder too. Mm, Would you get that vinegar smell in your honey? Do you think? Well, it wouldn't really matter if you put it on a Caesar salad, would it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't think you put honey on a Caesar salad, do you? But I understand you what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, it, yeah, I think I could get on the it, the smell. Why, would certainly get on the honey. Why would the smell get the mites out? Well, it's more of the acidic, the acidic. You know, have you ever done? Have you but ever smelled vinegar? Smell. What difference does it make if it's acidic if it's a smell? Yeah, it's it's just well, some things can be very toxic. To it may not be toxic to me and you, but it can be very toxic to smaller insects. Maybe the vinegar, and uh, some people have tried it, and they've proven that mites become agitated when you do spray this vinegar smell on them. Now, yeah, but the bees don't become agitated. Well, that's the point. I think they do. Hmm. I think that I think it can't. You know, these things. See, some people think just because it's vinegar that it's safe. Hmm. Just because it's cinnamon, it's safe. Hmm. Well, you know, cinnamon. If you ate, 
enough cinnamon, you could actually die. You could kill. Yeah, you could. You could. You could poison your liver with uh, too much cinnamon. That a machine like that, it would you can. Cost you can die eating too much vinegar. It, it can kill you. Want to, though, to get a machine that does that, and then of course you're spending all that energy, all that electricity to to get something going. And yeah. my. Well, you know, now old timers and long ago they used these. Uh, like menthol or thymol. Now these have been proven to be very effective, and and I, I'll just say if you're gonna if you feel like you need to use the vinegar thing, scrap that idea, and get some of these uh, proven and approved. They're they're really natural treatments. These thymol treatments. I think it's apistan or apolife, and these little wafers that are saturated with this thymol vapor, and uh, that'd be much more effective than trying to do it with the vinegar spray, but. Again, I don't want to make fun of the vinegar spray because tomorrow it could be the best thing that ever happened to bees. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. We want to be respectful of... And I do applaud people who try these new ideas. We try a lot of new ideas. Okay, here's one that, that um, that's pretty a pretty simple explanation, but it, uh, you know new beekeepers um, may not know it. He says, we have two hives, and yesterday we noticed that our hive entrances were blocked, and I'm going to assume he means by the snow. Hmm. So we had to remove the entrance reducers. Then today we went out to look at our hives, and one of them had bees flying out and dying on the ground outside of it. What do you think is happening, and what can I do, if anything? That's from Paul. Yeah. All right, Paul. Normal activity. After it warms up a little bit, the bees do a little house cleaning, have a little funeral Take the dead ones out. Clean off. They're cleaning off the bottom board. Who are the caretakers? Well, mm-hmm. how old are they? Do you remember you you had a lesson on that one time? And yeah, and I don't know. So old and the caretakers are so yeah. old. The funeral, the funeral guys. Well, and I'm so old I can't remember that now. Mm. But uh, yeah, they, they do have a house cleaning age at a certain or house cleaning responsibilities at a certain age. Um, so, it, but maybe he means that the ones that were flying out were dying. Well, that's what I want to address. Um, I don't think it was the bees that were flying out that were dying. Now, I said a couple of things could happen here. If the bees flying out were, you know, alive, of course, flying out, but died outside the hive, it's going to mean that they were fooled. And this is what can happen if sometimes if you overly insulate or wrap a hive, the uh. black paper can absorb so much heat that inside the bees are going... Woohoo! It's, it's now it's really hot in here, which means it's really hot outside, which means we'll really fly outside. out. Well, they fly out, and their wing muscles will freeze within seconds, oh. and they crash. Now, people do this when they put bees in a uh, observation hive, or the, some people think I'll put them in my garage and I'll leave a little hole through the wall. Same thing happens. You heat the garage up. The bees thinks it's ninety degrees outside. Mm-hmm. They fly out, and before they can even turn back. To come back in, they're frozen and die. But I don't think that's what happened. I think, mm. hey, I think this is it, Sherry. The what? bees were flying, but they were carrying uh, a dead bee, and they were just dropping them off. That's what was happening. I'm sure I, I can just bet that's what was happening. Hmm. Um, so I would never, I would never be suspect of any kind of disease where the bees are sick if they were crawling out of the hive or stumbling out of the hive and you know falling off the bottom board. I would start thinking, yeah, some disease, nosema or something. But no, I think if he watches carefully, he's going to see healthy bees flying out and dropping off dead bees. And if they are doing that to the degree he's describing it, he's got a very healthy hive. 
That's Good. okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was thinking that sounds. Yeah, brown. Yeah, brown. Brown. Dead bees all scattered through the snow is a good sign. Believe it or not, it sounds terrible, but it's okay, good. Do you want to tell folks about this podcast thing that you're doing tomorrow night? Maybe I don't know much yeah, about it. Yeah, I don't know if <coughs> many people would will hear this before, but you might as well mention it. Yeah. What? Where should they go to listen to you tomorrow night? A bee master forum. Hmm. Hmm. Let's see. That's a good question. I, I put all the information on my B blog today. Oh, okay. Well, that's where they need to go. So to hopefully, yeah, let's just say that. Because I, I, you really, you can call a phone number. This is important, too, Cheryl. I want to mention this. Because we are going to be on this Wildlife Pro uh, Forum tomorrow. We, uh, you and I are going to be speaking from 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock Central Time uh, about beekeeping. And let's see, you can call in. And we encourage people to do that. I'm thinking that, you know, if we're hosts, we're, we're being uh, as a guest on this program, and a lot of people call in, then maybe the host would go, wow. <laughs> it was good to have them. Yeah, what if nobody calls in? Yeah, well, we're doomed. We'll never be asked back again. But, no, I, I've got a phone number they can call. I've got it on this uh, on this blog. If they go to basicbeekeeping.blogspot.com. Okay, and look up January. Well, look under, it's the recent lesson that went out today, Lesson 69. 69. It tells you exactly what number to call and a little ID to punch in there. And then you can just be there to ask questions during the broadcast and stuff. But there's other information how you can join us, too. I don't understand it. It's something about it's through a computer, it's through telephones, it's all connected to phone calls. Mm-hmm. People can actually go online. Yeah, you don't know about webinars? Is that what it is? I think, yeah. Mm. Hmm. Oh. I'm sorry. I need to get in I need to get in touch with those yeah. kind of things, Sonny. Is that all you want to say about that? We are looking forward yeah. to it. It'd be fun. Because we've got time for just one more. All right. This is from Mary, and this is interesting. And it says, I was just looking over your site, and it is very inspiring. You know, I've had a lot of people that, that just love your site. <coughs> inspirational. Inspirational. I've never been called inspiring, I don't think, oh, by I'm anybody. Oh, sure. Have you inspired me to be inspirational? <laughs> <laughs> I inspire you to be inspirational. I have had a love for honey and all the wonderful things about it for about eight years now. I have also taken an interest in beekeeping. However, I thought it would only be, um, well, I think what she means is that it would only be possible on a farm or an area with lots of land. But after researching, I see I can do it in my own backyard. Is that really possible? And Mary says she lives in Geneva and would simply love to be a beekeeper. What are your thoughts? Now, speaking of webinars, there was a webinar coming up, and I wish I had the information on it. I read it in a magazine about urban beekeeping. That that is a big Mm -hmm. thing. People want to know. And down here, when we have our beekeeping lessons, we tend to have a lot of folks from Chicago that come to our beekeeping lessons. Yeah, we do. And these are city folks. These are not people living on the outside of Chicago. Yeah. You know, in the suburbs, these are people who are living in the city of Chicago. So yeah, your free-range chickens kind of scared some of them last time. Yeah, they hadn't seen. That. Most people don't like to eat on a picnic table with three chickens on the table too. Yeah, they were, they were wanting the, they were wanting the sandwiches. The chickens were, but but certainly you can be keeping your own backyard. You know, there's some things that you have to consider, and I think we've talked about it in one of the 
either one of the podcasts or one of the, the beekeeping blogs about um, needing to check in to see what kind of local ordinances your town has if you're in a if you're in a town and uh, most of them are very sympathetic to beekeepers and chicken keepers and yeah I would say this there's no difference whether you keep a bee in the country or in town the bee doesn't care no the bee doesn't care but people around you might care they don't have to know well that's true I'm sure you know, uh, I would, we've I, talked about this before the fact that we live next door to a man who for years and years and years had bees and I had no idea he had bees until one day they swarmed and we saw them all come over but oh yeah he I mean we had little kids and, he, and this is when we lived in near uh, Springfield Illinois but but he he had he had bees that were only six feet from our play, you know the playground where the kids played yeah. in the backyard yeah and we never never knew it no. but yeah. I think but yeah you're right I mean from that standpoint bees don't care if they're you know on a a hundred acre farm or if they're in your backyard they're going to get up and they're going to go do what they need to do to find you know to find flowers to find plants to you know and certainly maybe even in a town it would even be better i I should i should say people should really contact their either to be properly uh politically correct they need to contact their see what the ordinance say in their community and then, uh, you know, abide by the law. Don't break the law. Although, a lot of New Yorkers, remember that thing we read about all yeah. in New York? It's illegal it to keep illegal, in the but city. They, but I think they changed it they recently. They did. I yeah. think they did. Good for them. Yeah. So They all kind of band together and say, hey, what's wrong with this? You know? And yeah. It's like, hello. They might sting. But you know what? You get near a pig and he's going to let you know it, too. Yeah, but you but, can't but keep you, pigs in New York, can you? Well, no, but I'm saying, you know, that they had banned it by saying that it was a... What about dogs? That it was a poisonous, stinging insect. Yeah, see, this is my problem. So it was illegal to keep a poisonous, stinging insect, and it's like, there isn't any animal or insect, I don't think, out there that's not going to to bite People can keep cats, they can keep dogs. something, you know, that's going to hurt somebody if you're not tending to it right. I really, I think I have been bitten... By other people's dogs more than I've been stung. Well, yeah. And it's, it's ridiculous to think that you're going to keep a certain insect out of a community. Oh, yeah. Even if you banned all the people from keeping bees, guess what's yeah. going to be in town? There's going to be bees. bees in town. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I even read something the other day, and I don't know how true it was or not. Nowadays, you just never know what you're reading. But they said that the, the the most stings and the most deaths associated with stings actually came from yellow jackets. That I is think. correct. You're not, right. You know, yeah, not even yeah. honeybees. But I know it. but are they going to outlaw yellow jackets in New York? They might outlaw keeping them. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to. No one's going to keep they yellow outlaw, jackets. They should outlaw people who want to keep yellow jackets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just silly. I mean, so, it's yeah. part of nature, and nature should exist. Everywhere, that's right. You know, they should. It should be a diverse. You know, all the way across. Yeah, well, no. to back to this. Well, this is a good question because, hey, if you want to keep bees and you live in town, don't be discouraged about that. Even if it's against the ordinance, go to your local town meetings or whatever and make an appeal. Yeah, Yeah. make it make a change because it's very healthy. It's good for your neighbors' uh, fruit trees and gardens, and you can buy very gentle bees, foraging bees rarely ever are a bother. I, and I want to say are never a bother, 
But I realize I, I know the biologic. I know how. I know that bees could just be in flight and get tangled up in your hair accidentally yeah. and sting you trying to get out of your yeah. hair. So I, I don't want to say never, but foraging bees, honey bees are are not aggressive. They have no reason. They're doing their work. You know, they ignore yeah. you. We don't want to simplify it too much and and make people feel like oh, there's absolutely no reason you know not to have bees, but. I don't know. I've got, you know, I've got the hive right in my garden, and they come and they go all day long, and, you know, we've got little kids and grandkids that, you know, run around, and no one has ever been stung out here, ever, except that one fella, that young guy, and he was inside the shed. Do you remember? He wasn't even outside. He was inside the shed, and he went and pinched a bee or something and got stung, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, let's tell people also, you made me think about the, we've got a beekeeping class coming up January 30th. We want to encourage people to join us. We've got a real good turnout for this. It surprised me. We've we've just, uh, we're running out of room, so that's great. The people are signed up. So you can go to our web, website to find out more information about our January the 30th all-day Saturday beekeeping course. And look at this, Sherry. See this? Just a minute, Christian. Me and Mommy are doing a podcast. You want to say hello to everybody? Okay. Say hello. Hello. Yeah, there you go. That's from Christian. He helps us keep bees. Uh, all right. Well, Sherry got me this, Sherry got me this great uh, DVD called The Monk and the Honeybee. And I think you got it from overseas, like London or England or somewhere, I, didn't you? Yeah, I, I got it in the U.K. In the U.K., and it's about Brother Adam and the Buck Fat Super Bee. And what did I get that for Christmas a year ago? Or was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, a year ago when yeah. it. And I watched it one time and keeping. Lost it. Yeah, keeping with what, how I do things, I lost it. But look, yesterday I was out in the bee store. <gasps> you found it! I found the CD. Where at? It was in one of the drawers with all the labels and stuff. I told you it was in a drawer. I told you it was in a drawer. Well, I thought I'd look through it, but it's the same colors as our labels, and I think it blended in with them. So I'll have fun watching that again. That's a that's a cool DVD. It's about Brother Adam, and you know he was a lot. Uh, <coughs> he he raised the Buckfast bee, and do you have Buckfast bees? I did actually last year, Sherry. So that's that's a good little video that you got me. I like that. All right, anything else we need to say, Sherry? Nope, I think that does about does it for us tonight. All right. Well, people really have been bugging me for us to do a podcast. So we're going to have to do more of these. We're going to have to just figure a time when David and Sherry are going to sit down and do a podcast every day and put them on there, huh? Well, then, then or, folks that have to take turns come over and babysitting for that wild hyena over there. I will get Cree. Hey, Cree has been busting guns out there in the shipping department. And she's really been a great help this year taking over. She's even doing more, all of the online stuff, isn't she? All the online stuff she she's doing, she's um, doing the shipping department, and she um, she will pick up the phone every once in a while. So if you call in, you might get Cree instead of me. Yep, Cree is our daughter, or... All right, uh, so I know that, uh, should we give an address for people to send birthday cards to me on birthday the 20th? <laughs> or would, would they, they be birthday they cards? They on the website if they really want to send you a birthday no. card. What would, oh, what would the other, what is, 50, condol- they need 50, to send their condolences. condolences. <laughs> 50 years old on the 20th. Oh, last week I needed a get well soon card. Mm-hmm. I, had the, I had a cold that would just would not stop, you know. All right, so... Good night, darling. Good night, darling. 
All right. So if you want to get in contact with us, you surely know how, or you wouldn't even be listening to this, right? But our email address is david at honeybeesonline.com, and you can call us at 217-427-2678. Hey, Christian, come here. Come here. And tell everybody bye. Are you ready? Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, goodbye. There you go. <laughs> See you next time.